This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Brian Wolf, SL6913 of the Florida Garrison, who passed away October 15th. Brian and his twin brother, Nick, are renowned worldwide for their extraordinary work in special effects makeup and body painting under the name Evil Twin FX. It is with great pride that we now enter his name into the 501st's Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 77 for October 2013, and I am your host, Scott, SL9854. This is Nikki, DZ8397. And I'm Eric, TI6124. Welcome back, Eric. Thanks for having me back. Huzzah! <laughs> Wait, you were here before? Yes, the Chronicle has returned. <laughs> Does that mean we have to up our numbers back up one more member? Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, the 501st Legion is currently at 6,617 members with 11,140 approved costumes in the Legion. In this episode, we'll help wrap up Weird Al's Alpocalypse Tour and another Star Wars Reads Day help launch a new mini-con in Costa Rica, and host a surprise visitor to Taipei. We'll also announce the winner of our Fight Like a Jedi sketchbook later in this episode. So stay tuned. Recent news. First up, we'd like to welcome Star Wars artist Doug Wheatley as our newest 501st Legion honorary member. Doug was inducted by Garrison Titan on October 12th. Readers of any of the various titles of Star Wars comics that have graced the newsstand these past few years will be well-versed with Doug's artwork, but in case not, we'll have a link in our show notes where you can check out his art. Inspired by the losses of Katie Johnson, the girl behind the R2KT story, and 18-year-old William Snell, TK8432, author and Legion member Janine Spendlove is completing her young adult book trilogy, War of the Seasons, through Kickstarter. Find out how you can get a commemorative patch, poster, and more when you contribute to this project, which includes stretch goals with 501st honorary members Michael Stackpole, Aaron Alston, Brian Young, and even Legion founder Albin TK210 Johnson. We'll have a link to the Kickstarter page in our show notes. When we first talked about the Fight Like a Jedi event that took place in Michigan, young Matthew Lickfield was as passionate of a fan as there ever was. Born with Meyer-Gorlin syndrome, a rare condition making him one of the smallest kids in the world, Matthew shared many moments with our members. On October 8th, 501st Legion members and Star Wars uh, fan community grieved when they learned of his passing. The Great Lakes Garrison first met Matthew at Charity Capital Con in 2011. Wearing his Jedi robes and ready to battle Darth Vader, you could see his passion. Last Halloween, doctors found a tumor on Matthew's cerebellum, a cancer called glioblastoma, 
While Matthew was busy fighting as valiantly as the bravest little Jedi Star Wars fan, the Traverse City community rallied to his side. His Matthew's Galaxy of Friends Facebook group continuously grew to over 5,000 members. Many fundraisers were held to help with the family's growing medical bills, one of which was called Fight Like a Jedi, where Lucasfilm approved sketchbook was created with original artwork. In his final few weeks, Matthew received gifts from Lucasfilm, ILM, and Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Uh, for those that met Matthew, he was our gift. So rest in peace, little Jedi. The Force will be with you always. As we mentioned last episode, Terra Australis Garrison member Scott, TD4857, will soon be embarking on his Storming Australia for Monash Children's Hospital campaign. In fact, November 2nd is the big day. But he's apparently not resting up, as he was out trooping this past weekend at Armageddon Expo in Melbourne, an event where 501st Honorary Member Tamura Django Morrison was made an honorary member of Terra Australis Garrison as well. We'll have a link to a recent interview with Scott, as well as his main Facebook page in our show notes. Good luck and safe travels to you, Trooper. Our guest this episode is an author of over 80 different Star Wars publications, former editor for Dark Horse Comics, and 501st Legion honorary member. I'm pleased to welcome to the 501st cast, Ryder Wyndham. Thanks for joining us, Ryder. Thanks for having me, Eric. So I am to understand that you have a new publication in the works. The Haynes Owner's Workshop Manual for the Imperial Death Star. Yes, it's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. It is quite wordy, but uh, especially if you want to get the full title out there. Yes. I, I think I may have omitted some of it, too. Yeah, it's a big ship, so it needs a big title. There you go. And it's a big book, too. It is, yeah. Um, uh, I, it's funny when uh, I previously worked on the uh, Millennium Falcon Owner's Workshop Manual for Haynes, and when I got the assignment for the Death Star... The first thing I suggested was, uh, I said, can we do an oversized book? <laughs> because, I, you know, I think, it should, I think the book should be at least four times the size, you know, of the Appertains manual. But, you know, for uh, various reasons, mostly budget, that, that was shot down immediately. But, um, yeah, I, I thought that would have been pretty fun. Well, it is a rather sprawling book covering quite a few aspects of the, the Death Star. Now, I've lucky enough to have uh, some advanced pages here. Now, this doesn't look like your typical Haynes manual as to, uh, well, this is where the carburetor goes and this is, this is how you install a fuel filter. This is a lot more background. And how would you say that this, this would compare to like your Millennium Falcon book? Um, I, I'd say it's it's similar to the Falcon book. I mean, Haynes manuals, uh, obviously, traditionally, uh, they would do real vehicles that people could really work on. And uh, I, I don't know just when they started doing um, what mission vehicles that no one owned, but were well-known vehicles. I, I know that they did uh, a what I think there, there was one for Apollo 13. They've done, um, uh, I mean, they, they did various, uh, they, they, sure they did the space shuttle. I mean, they, they did other space vehicles, but then they got into fantasy territory with the USS Enterprise a few years back. And with, uh, but, but even for the, the real world uh, space vessels, that those manuals, it wasn't just about where things went, there was a lot of historic detail that went into it. So our, our approach with the Star Wars uh, manuals is that 
it, it, it doesn't just offer information about how to pick up a wrench and tighten this, but it, it tells you information about specific areas of the vessels, too. Absolutely. I'm looking through the table of contents here, and it's got a lot of background information on things, the history of the Death Star, too, and some of the uh, older uh, things that may have contributed to its creation, at least from an in-universe perspective. How much did you do as far as research into into these things as well? I, I think everybody who, who's familiar with my work knows that I research the daylight set of everything <laughs> before I, I, I work on it. I, I mean, I just want to know what, you know, who, who has written about this before? What did they say? Are there any inconsistencies? And I suppose that, um, let's see, I mean, what one, one of the, 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 the source that I drew most heavily from, which means I, I swiped from it openly was the star Wars death star technical companion by Bill Slavicek. And that, which was published by West End Games, and it just—I mean, it was just a, that book had a wealth of information, and there are a few details, though, in that because that book was published before the prequels were released, before Revenge of the Sith ends with the revelation that the Death Star is already under construction. Before that, in uh, Attack of the Clones, we learn that Death Star plans were in development during or, or before the Battle of Geonosis. So it was sort of this tricky dance where I wanted to incorporate as much work from Slavicek's book because I, I genuinely admired it. I thought that, you know, what he did at the time, it stood up for a long time. It's, it did, it, did, it works really well, but I thought I have to take the movies into account. I have to consider the fact that, uh, the Clone Wars TV series introduced Grand Moff Tarkin at a certain point during the Clone Wars, introduces him to Anakin Skywalker. Uh, we know that Tarkin has a history with uh, Palpatine. So uh, what? My, I'm sorry, my long-winded answer is I, I, I mean, I did a lot of research trying to figure out how do all these things, you know, can I make these things mesh? And so one of one of the things that I observed was just lo looking at other spherical vessels uh, from the prequels and thought the the Trade Federation battleship, the Trade Federation core ship that uh, I mean, given um, the connection of the Nymoidians and the Geonosians and whatnot, I thought, well, maybe that spherical station was sort of a design inspiration of sorts for the Death Star battle station. So, I mean, so, so that was, you know, I guess what my input on the observations, but the other vessels that are identified are all, they're all drawn from expanded universe stories. Um, there's a, what the, the eye of Palpatine and the torpedo sphere, for example, the Tarkin, which came from uh, Marvel comics, personal favorite of mine. Mine too. Yeah. It's, that's, 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 it's nifty. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun to delve into those expanded universe stories and see what I could find that seemed like uh, you know the origins of the Death Star or the influences of its design on other ships. Looking through here, you've got a lot of stills from the movie and so on and so forth. This reads less like it would be imperial propaganda and more like it would be a historical record. It is. It's, it's um, and the reason for that. <laughs> Is because when I I, mean, I began working on the book and, and selecting images and realizing that 
the goal was we wanted to use as many photographs as possible of the interior of the Death Star, the exterior of the of the, the vessel, and in you know watching, I, I watched and rewatched uh, Star Wars: A New Hope and also uh, Re- Return of the Jedi. And one of the things that that I noticed was that you know, when one sees specific characters, you see Luke and Han Solo wandering through certain corridors, and I thought, or, or say the garbage chute. You know, that you know, there, there are a couple of photographs of the garbage chute where it's just the garbage chute; you don't see anybody, or in the in the trash compactor. I, but I thought it just seemed to make more sense if we came up with an explanation. Some might say an excuse for why why do why 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 would this book have these? How, how could we have these characters in this book? Because we, we wanted to make it a real world feel to it, but but we also thought, um, yeah, there has to be some logical explanation for how uh, these images came to be. So what I figured out was that I found in one of the other, uh, I, think it, I think it was in one of the West End Games books, that there was a, a reference to, um, let's see, I'm going to have to look this one up. Uh, there's a there was a military communications complex on Galvani three. And that I, what I found out was that, that apparently records about the death star had been kept there, had been transmitted there. So I thought, okay, that's, that's basically what I'm aiming for that, you know, the, these images were recovered by historians, possibly rebel historians, and they're trying to pull together information about the Death Star. And so, it, it, yeah, it's not a, a – there, there, are, there are bits of text throughout the book that are quoting bits of imperial propaganda, but most of it is uh, – uh, it, it's, it's, my, my angle of approach, Eric, was I thought, I'm going to write this like the Titanic – or rather like a Haynes manual about the Titanic, which actually exists. They have published one. <laughs> that, and, again, and again, it offers uh, historic details and information. I mean, showing photographs of a ship that sank. And in this case, it's, it's a lot of information about a ship that we, because I, I figure every, you know, people who have seen the movies, which, you know, that's most of the readership right there, they know the Death Star explodes. If I were to, if we were to write the book from the Imperial perspective of this is the most incredible weapon ever constructed. And, and you know, it's like, I, I think, well, what, what do we do then if, if we insert the uh, thermal exhaust port as an addendum? I mean, it just seems like a bad punchline. So I thought, try to try to really build up the Death Star as a big magnificent incredible ship and and uh i hope people like it (laughs) well speaking of the uh the exhaust port i'm looking at the page with that on it now and not only do you have the photos of the the rebel briefing room and the uh cockpit photo but you've also got a really nice uh some technical drawings here too uh what was it like to work with the chris's again chris rife and chris trevis are um, a pleasure to work with. They, they uh, I, I mean, it's um, any excuse to work with them. I will jump at it. I, I, and I've, I've lost track. I mean, I, I think this is the maybe the fifth or sixth project we've worked on together. And um, one thing that I really appreciate with them, besides their obvious skills, uh, it's that 
they know that I used to be a graphic designer and what a, a cartoonist that when I look at page layouts or even artwork that sometimes I do get, I mean, I'll look at something and think, Ooh, I think this would be better if I did it this way. Some artists that I've worked with or art directors or designers, they're not really crazy about when I offer my input. <laughs> they think, okay, hey, hey you're, you were hired to write this thing. Um, Chris and Chris, uh, I think they just trust that when I, if I make an observation that the, it's, you know, it's to improve the thing. And similarly, I mean, they, they if I write something and then they counter with, you know, Ryder, I think that this would be, it would read better or would mesh better with this piece or it would be more accurate. We talk with each other. I mean, we're, we're just, we're, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's a very collaborative effort in that capacity. Fantastic. Ryder, not only have you written over 80 different Star Wars publications, but you've been also quite involved with some of the events as well. Star Wars Reads Day, which just wrapped up, which got adapted to Star Wars Reads and Bleeds Day, at least in New England. Could you tell us how that came about? Well, sure. Um, In 2011, I I, I organized a uh, a Star Wars party and blood drive, as I called it, in Providence. And the following year, I, I, uh, 2012, I planned another one when I got a, uh, a message from Rachel Kempster at DK Publishing. And she's asked, she told me about the Star Wars Reads Day, the first event uh, for Star Wars Reads. And she said, oh, we'd love it if you could participate and... I looked at my calendar and I saw that Star Wars Reads Day was scheduled for the same date that I'd already arranged to do a blood drive with the 501st and Rebel Legion in Providence. But and then I realized, well, wait, I could do both. <laughs> so that, that was the first Star Wars Read and Bleed Day, and it went really well. And so uh, this year it was held at uh, Barnes & Noble in Warwick, and it went over really well there, too. So, I, I mean, I, I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm, an, I'm an avid blood donor, which means I go every eight weeks, and I've donated, oh, goodness, it's over eight gallons. I can't remember just how many pints I've donated so far to, to the Rhode Island Blood Center, but, uh, but I have an eight-gallon coffee mug from the uh, just, just that's what's written on the side. It's, it doesn't. Actually, it doesn't hold eight gallons. It doesn't hold eight gallons. Uh, <laughs> I, should, I should say it's the eight, my eight gallon coffee mug. So uh, they, um, uh, but I'm yeah working with uh, the five hundred first and the Rebel Legion. I think we've done. I think we've done six blood drives so far, and we have two more planned before the end of the year. And it's just I. Um, uh, you know, at, at the risk of sounding all schmaltzy, I get more satisfaction out of organizing these blood drives with the troops than I do seeing my name in print. I mean, it's just, it's a wonderful experience to see families come out having fun, uh, kids seeing their parents as heroes because their parents are donating blood and, because uh, I'm so I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of wonderful contacts at uh, book publishers and also at uh, at Hasbro Toys that I 
I give away free stuff to blood donors and their families and everybody walks away happy. And so my, my nefarious goal, Eric, is that a bunch of kids will grow up thinking that, you know, they see the word Star Wars and they'll think I should I should donate blood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's uh, because it's fun and it helps people. And, you know, so it's that that's 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 what I do. You know. Well, speaking of helping people, it's not only the blood drives that you've gotten involved with with the 501st and Rebel Legion. You've also become not just a uh, honorary member, but you've become a member and come joined us at multiple events, including uh, the Pawtucket Red Sox game. Uh, we have some other blood drives that you're not running coming up that we're hoping to have you uh, join us in kit. And uh, on behalf of the New England Garrison and uh, Alderon Base, you've been a great asset to the the local organization, and we're we're looking forward to trooping with you more in the future. Well, uh, thank you. We, Eric, you know, we have a mutual fan club. I, I mean, I, I, I love the troops. I love uh, working with you guys. And, um, you know, I'm, I still pinch myself when I think, oh, yeah, I'm actually one of you guys now. I mean, it's just and I'm, I'm just, you know, very remain so grateful that when I when I think that uh, what some folks, they slave over working on a costume and hope to get into the Rebel Legion um, or the the 501st, and I, what did I do? I I was just you know fortunate to have friends who gave me a Rebel pilot costume. I mean, it's just, it's just um, and I couldn't wait to jump into it. So yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm happy to participate in these events. So what does the future hold, Ryder? You've got the Haynes Manual coming out. You've also got the guide to the bounty hunters that should be on shelves soon. What does the future hold for Ryder Wyndham? I I don't know. Right now, uh, I have finished um, all the Star Wars work that I assignments that I have lined up, and uh, I am right now looking for work. I'm also uh, tinkering with a few ideas for novels of my own, and it's it's. I mean, what's funny is that. Uh, I got into Star Wars. I, I, I became a writer just because uh, I, I had some experience editing Star Wars comic books. And after I left Dark Horse Comics in 1995, a friend at Lucasfilm encouraged me to become a writer. He said, you know this material pretty well. I could recommend recommend you to become a writer. I am not a natural writer in the capacity that I don't sit around thinking about story ideas. I, uh, <laughs> oh, gee, I have this idea for a Death Star book. I mean, you know, that never happens. It's, you know, all of my writing work is pretty much by assignment so that, you know, to, to suddenly realize, oh, I don't have any assignments coming in. I should probably do something about that. I have to create work for myself. So it's kind of scary, kind of exciting. We'll see what happens. Well, Ryder, it's been a pleasure having you on the 501st cast, and we're looking forward to seeing you at Rhode Island Comic Con. I'm looking forward to seeing you there, Eric. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the 501st cast. Aren't you? Mission reports. Members of Star Garrison attended their first ever troop at the Arkansas School of the Death in Little Rock. For the first part of their appearance, they visited with about 30 middle school-age kids. With the help of an interpreter, they took turns explaining what character they were costuming as and why they chose that character. They also gave a brief description of the 501st Legion and hosted a short Q&A. 
After many pictures, high fives, and happy kids, they headed to their next session with about 20 junior and high school kids. They gave the same presentation with a slightly longer Q&A and picture session. Star isn't the only unit to visit with a school for the deaf. Alpine Garrison has also trooped many times at the Jean Masseau School of the Deaf in Salt Lake City, thanks to Tracy, TB9612, for that report. And also kudos to members of Central Garrison's 80th Squad who are taking American Sign Language classes to better communicate with a deaf member of their unit who joined last summer. All right. Way to go, troopers. Bravo. On September 28th, the Empire City Garrison appeared at Jumpin' Jake's for a Star Wars night fundraiser. The ECG used Blast Trooper, a Star Wars beanbag toss game, and John Hopper's Star Wars popcorn machine uh, for the collections. Between all three, they raised $460 for the Ryan Chambers Fund. Jake, from Jumpin' Jake's, donated another $540 from the admission sales to make it an even $1,000. The money was given directly to the family at the end of the event to help with the upcoming medical bills associated with Ryan's upcoming surgery due to Ricketts' disease. Friend of the Legion, Weird Al Yankovic's mega-long Alpocalypse tour is sadly coming to an end. Here's the message on his website. Between July 9, 2011 and October 19, 2013, Weird Al Yankovic and his band performed 149 shows on 147 dates throughout North America. Thank you to everyone who attended the shows, the 501st Legions, and special thanks to Al's dedicated and tireless crew. They look forward to seeing all of you on the road again in the future. So 501st Legion members all over the U.S. had the amazing opportunity, sometimes more than once, these last couple years to appear on stage with him during his Saga Begins parody for many of those 149 shows. Recently, Garrison Excelsior, with assistance from Canadian Garrison, appeared at his October 4th Hamburg, New York concert and his October 8th concert at Turning Stone Casino. Star Garrison trooped the very last three concerts of Weird Al's tour in Texarkana, San Antonio, and Tulsa, Oklahoma on October 17th, 18th, and 19th, respectively. Legion members have so many fantastic memories from these troops, and Weird Al was gracious enough to meet with members after the concerts and sign items for them. Star Garrison's Ken, TK4627, even had Al sign an accordion at the Texarkana show. If you have a great memory, either as a 501st member or as a regular concert goer who saw the 501st on stage, share it with us by leaving us a voicemail at 828-419-0501. I see how you did that with the 0501 at the end. Mm-hmm. Very sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that's 828-419-0501. Call now. <laughs> Operators are standing by. <laughs> Wait, that's us. <laughs> oh man, I'm back like five minutes, and you already, you guys already have me answering phones. <laughs> Get your memo pad out. <sighs> One of the busiest days of the year for the 501st is Star Wars Reads Day. This year, it fell on Saturday, October 5th, and saw hundreds of 501st members visit over a hundred locations across the U.S. and Canada, as well as a stop in the Netherlands. I'm going to call an audible here, guys. What did you guys do for Star Wars Reads Day? Did you participate? Did you go to, to any of these Star Wars Reads Day events? Yes, I did. Yep. Awesome. Where did you go? I went to two stores. I went to the Barnes & Noble in my hometown, and then one uh, a few towns over later in the day. Awesome. Scott? Nice. 
I went out to a Barnes and Noble as well. We actually went out with uh, I had uh, two troopers with me, and I was dressed as an imperial officer that uh, so that I could read to the childrens. So it was quite nice. I I like to I have a habit of picking up books like Dr. Seuss books and then making things up as I go. So <laughs> one fish, two fish became one Sith, two Sith, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and then they all look at me like, who is this person, and what is he reading? Indoctrinating the kids from an early age. That's how we roll. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was really an awesome day. We had quite a few events, so nice. I was lucky enough to do another Barnes and Noble, so we'll pull the the, the hat trick here. But um, it was with uh, honorary member Ryder Wyndham, and they turned it into Star Wars Reads and Bleeds Day. So they were doing it in conjunction with a blood drive, and got nice. twenty nine pints of blood at the same time that Ryder was doing autographs and reading to the kids. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. awesome. It it just so many great events happening that day, um, and I understand we have a few reports from those of us who aren't hosts of the show. Right. <laughs> yep, we have a couple here, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, one of them here, the Carolina Garrison. One of their many appearances for Star Wars Reads Day was in Charleston, South Carolina, at the main branch of the Charleston County Public Library. Troopers impressed with the library so much with uh, troopers impressed the library so much with their appearance that. They have been extended a permanent invite for all future Star Wars Reads Days. See, I learned to read on Star Wars Reads Day, so this is going really well for me. (laughs) (laughs) The library uh, was very inviting and generous to the 501st volunteers, providing a stock dress room with cookies, chips, apples, candy, a cooler of Mountain Dew, Coca-Cola, bottled water. I didn't get any of that at mine. I'm just saying, nicely done, Carolina. (laughs) I'm just kidding. My, My people took care of me. Um... They also gave the volunteers a copy of the library's Book of the Month, Divergent, as a thank you gift. The library hosted a costume contest with great prizes, offered tons of crafting funds, snacks, a screening of The Clone Wars, uh, animated movie screening, and much more. Last year, for the first Star Wars Reads Day in Charleston, about 40 people showed up at the local bookstore. This year at the library, more than 350 patrons attended the event. So we'll have a link in our show notes to a photo that shows you the long line of people waiting for their photo op. And thanks to Jason, TD5945, for that report. Well, Empire City Garrison's John, SL11249, attended a Star Wars Reads Day 2 event at the Smithtown Public Library on Saturday, October 5th. The children participated in activities such as Death Star Bowling, Make Your Own Lightsaber, and had a Star Wars reading where children received prizes for answering Star Wars-based questions. DK Books provided books to give away, and of course, everyone took photos with Darth Vader. The library was very accommodating and provided him a nice changing area, and they hope to do more events with the ECG in the future. We'll have a link to a couple pictures from the event in our show notes, including a picture of the Death Star Bowling, which was a pretty cute little setup. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. You may bowl when ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just impacted on the bumpers. (laughs) (laughs) Eight troopers from Southern California Garrison invaded the Barnes & Noble in Long Beach. Legion members reported that the Barnes & Noble staff were outstanding and took great care of them. Troopers posed for pictures with the general public in front of the store, judged a costume contest for the kids, and made many kids very happy just by meeting them and taking pictures with them. That was just one of eight events that Southern California Garrison attended that day. Great job, guys. Awesome. You know, when I was at the event, the kids were making... um paper lightsabers, you know, rolling up a tube of paper and coloring it, whatever it was. And I kept telling them that they were more dangerous than real lightsabers because the paper cuts hurt much, much more. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, the Dubeck Ridge Garrison had not only uh, a Star Wars Reads Day, but the annual Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta, uh, an arrival of the Darth Vader Balloon. In fact, one hardcore trooper, Nina SL26272, trooped nine Balloon Fiesta events and two Star Wars Reads Day events for a total of 11 troops in a nine-day span. For this awesome job, she received a nifty 11-inch 501st patch, so rock on, trooper. An inch for every troop. <laughs> right? Essentially. <laughs> so in other parts of the world, there weren't any official Star Wars Reads Day events, but Legion members found other ways to be uh, just as worthwhile to go out and troop. For example, just in time for their first anniversary as a 501st Legion unit, our Russian outpost was able to troop their first event where they could visit sick children. On October 5th, three members and a recruit visited the Federal Research Center of Pediatric Hematology, Oncology, and Immunology in Moscow. The charity organization Give Life invited them to the Rehabilitation Center for Kids with Cancer. They actually had to decline an invitation to the big gaming convention, Igromir, in order to make this visit, but they have no regrets. Although they were a bit nervous because it was their first visit to kids, their fears were unfounded. From their very first step into the room, the kids were thrilled with the visiting Star Wars characters. Although not all of them have even seen Star Wars, every kid was happy. In addition to mingling and posing for pictures, they also gave a small talk about stormtroopers and different types of armor. At the end of their visit, they gave small presents of coloring books, comics, and fun board games to the kids. Both the kids and their parents were extremely happy with the visit, and Legion members are sure to make another visit as soon as possible. It was an invaluable experience for them all. We'll have a link to a photo from this visit in our show notes, and thanks to Kier, ID 11100, for that report. I'm never going to get over having five digits as a TK ID. That's, I know. Uh, you just kind of want to stop talking after the fourth one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to ID 11100. There's too many numbers to here. That's, oh, that's <laughs> TK 42197 Why aren't you at your post? I'm waiting for it just T- doesn't sound right. I'm waiting for TK Pi. It's yeah. going to happen with these On October 5th, members of Mexican Garrison's Imperial City and Rancor Hunters West squads teamed up for El Gran Evento Hasbro in a Walmart in Guadalajara, Mexico, for the debut of new action figures and other Star Wars merchandise from Hasbro. We'll have a link to a photo from the event in our show notes, and thanks to Nineveh DZ2402 for that report. I wonder what new Hasbro toys I haven't seen. Probably most of them, considering the way that those shelves have been filling up lately. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Well, as we mentioned in the last episode, members of the Mountain Garrison and their rebel counterparts attended the Faces of Autism Hope Gala in Glendale, Colorado on October 12th. The event was black tie and all proceeds benefited the Autism Society of Colorado. The night's theme was Old Hollywood, and entertainment was provided by a Frank Sinatra impersonator and a swing orchestra. Cocktails accompanied a silent auction followed by a dinner and a live auction. The uh, 17-strong combined Legion group was led by Anakin, then Leia, followed by TKs, snowtroopers, bikers, then clones, and... Lions and tigers and bears. No, I'm kidding. I'm just (laughs) sorry. I just had to go there. I apologize, troopers. Bikers, clones, special ops, Juno Eclipse. Uh, They were unsure how well they would be received since it was the first time with the Autism Gala. But their doubts were quickly erased on the second they entered the room and the camera flashes went off from every direction. 
For the auction, they offered two birthday party packages hosted at Dave & Buster's and valued at $1,300 each. Plus, Scott, TS4149, added a TK helmet for the parties as well. Later during the photo ops, volunteers received a tip for another 200 by a generous attendee. That was added to the donation for the Autism Society, bringing their total for the night to $2,800. Overall, the gala raised $102,910 of their $200,000 goal during that event. That's pretty fantastic, really. Uh, we'll have a link to the photos from the night in our show notes. And thanks to Shanna, TB24601, for that report. Our Hong Kong garrison was proud to be able to present a check for 10,000 Hong Kong dollars, which is a little over 1,200 U.S. dollars, to Medicine Sons Frontiers Hong Kong. I'm assuming it's sort of something like Doctors Without Borders. Right. Um, they raised this money from two different events. One was a private party that took place last month in which two garrison members appeared and were entrusted with a 5,000 Hong Kong dollar donation for MSFHK in exchange for their appearance. Then the second was when 20 members, recruits, and squires participated in filming for a Hong Kong TV series called M Club. We'll have a photo in our show notes from the check presentation, as well as a couple from the events that generated the donation. Thanks to ManCam, TK2328, for that report. Thanks to some last-minute scrambling by Taiwan Formosa Outpost CEO Roy, four Outpost members were able to participate in a video shoot with Lucasfilm's Robert Wynn, director of video production. He's the man behind all the bonus disc and menu content for the Star Wars Saga Blu-ray box set. And as an added bonus, Dave Filoni himself paid them a surprise visit. Great job, Taiwan 501st. We look forward to seeing the results in video and picture form very soon. How fun is that? Yeah, they they literally had like 24 hours notice to to get ready. They're like, they got a call from Mary Franklin saying he's landing in Taipei. Can you meet him? And they right? and they went. <laughs> it's kind of the way that happens, right? When you're summoned by the Almighty Hat of Dave Filoni, you answer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, the Empire City Garrison attended a benefit for Elizabeth Berger at Lindenhurst Middle School the evening of Friday, October 18th. Elizabeth is a three-year-old girl suffering from seizures requiring multiple surgeries. She went for surgery in September, and this benefit was organized to help the family pay for the surgery and Elizabeth's other medical expenses. Bill White from the International Brotherhood of Magicians reached out to ECG to ask if they could participate. Chris, TK6744, and Ron, SL5928, answered the call. They spent the evening taking photos with guests and handing out cards and citations. There was a light but steady crowd, and some of the attendees really appreciated being able to visit with Lord Vader and his stormtrooper. The professional magicians also donated their time to the event and put on a magic show for the attendees. ECG also donated 25 books from DK Books and the Science Fiction Book Club to be sold at the uh, ticket table to help them raise some extra funds. All proceeds for the event went directly to Elizabeth and her family, and according to magician Bill White, they raised over $8,000. We'll have a link to the photos in our show notes. So thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Mid-South Garrison attended Wizard World's Nashville Comic Con this past weekend and raised more than $3,600 for the Dream and Wishes of Tennessee charity. Between that donation and one recently earned at a fundraiser at Clarksville Mall, Dream and Wishes of Tennessee will be able to grant two wishes. And here's the full report from Mid-South Garrison CEO, Rachel. Hi, welcome to the Mid-South Garrison Commander's Blog. I'm Commanding Officer Rachel Inc. I wanted to just first mention a couple of 
events that we did this past weekend that were very successful. Many of you had the opportunity to troop Russ Ellis's wedding, and I heard that it was a really fun day. And I want to wish Russ and his bride all the happiness that the Empire has to offer. This wedding actually made international news in the Daily Mail, so if you haven't had a chance to check out the article, Yoda, One for Me, you'll want to do that because it's really cute. And congratulations to Russ and his bride. Um, the other event that we covered was Wizard World in Nashville, and I had so much fun, and I hope that you did too, and I really feel like our teamwork was on display um, more than ever, and so I thank you all for that. We were able to raise $3,605.25, so our goal was to be able to grant one wish, and we were actually able to grant two wishes when you combine this with our Clarksville Mall troops, so go Mid-South Garrison, you guys are awesome. Um, so thank you for that. And I just want to mention a, a couple of people that really contributed significantly this weekend. Stu, you were awesome with the collection bucket and the photo bombing. I have no doubt that if it wasn't for you and your hard work being up on your feet for hours, we would not have come near um, what we did with the, the amount that we were able to raise. So thank you for that. And thank you to all of you guys that were just rock stars and got out there and trooped for hours. Um, I'm not going to mention all of you because I'm sure I'd miss somebody, but thank you so much for your hard work. And I will just mention Drew because this was your first troop and you looked sharp and I hope you had fun. You looked like you were, so congratulations on that. Um, I want to thank Tambo for your help in bringing the do bag, setting it up, um, the costume panel, which by the way was a great success. A lot of people stopped by the table afterwards asking for handouts and flyers, so thank you for that. And um, I want to definitely thank Shannon because you threw the most epic party. I mean, I just loved it so much. And I've just, I've heard from so many members how much fun they had um, from the cookies to the cake, um, having the private room, and then Ray Park being there as a, as a guest of honor. It just really, it was phenomenal. It was a great time. And thank you so much because I know it was all the behind the scenes work that you did leading up to that that got us um, there and, and having so much fun. So thank you for that. I want to thank um, Doug and Miguel for um, taking photos um, because we're able to, to have those memories. So thank you for that. And to everybody that did table duty, thank you so much. It took a lot to, to man that and, and also um, do the fundraising that we did. So I appreciate your help on that. I want to welcome our new members um, and transfers, so I'd like to welcome Cindy Chirac, Angela Ritchie, Drew Thomas, BJ Ricker, Brian Scott, Dwayne Verossi, Jeff Potter, Joseph Fife, um, Rebecca Bromley, who's a transfer from Star Garrison, and Doug Dyer. If you haven't already completed your census, please log on to the Legion forums and complete your census. We really would like to be at 100%. Right now we're around 68%. So you may have an email from David Hester or you may be getting one if you haven't completed your census yet. So please log on and, and do that so that we can meet our goal of 100%. I'd like to highlight a few of our past events. Um, we were able to cover a lot of different locations um, with the Star Wars Reads Day from Chattanooga, Knoxville, Nashville, Kentucky, 
um, really all over. And so thank you guys for getting out there and covering so many areas in one day. It was really amazing. Um, the Kentucky Children's Hospital event was very successful, so thank you for those who attended the Vanderbilt We Care for Kids Day and also the Weird Al concert. I hope you guys had a great time. Um, some coming events are the Toys for Tots in Clarksville on November 2nd. There's a roller derby charity bout also in Clarksville on November 16th. This weekend we have a lot of zoo events going on in Nashville. I believe Knoxville has theirs. Um, Chattanooga. So please um, log on to the forums to get all the details about those. I'd like to send condolences to the family of Chuck Flynn, who is now an Eternal Legionnaire. Um, we will always have fond memories of Chuck, and we are thinking of his family. So that's really all that I had for today, and I just wanted to say thank you guys for your awesome teamwork, and I hope that you're having as much fun getting out there and trooping as I am. So have a great evening. As we announced last episode, the tech in San Jose, California, is the current home for the Star Wars Where Science Meets Imagination exhibit as of October 19th. Steve Sansweet himself will be at the tech this weekend, Sunday, October 27th, to chat about how Star Wars went from film to phenomenon, and of course, check out the exhibit himself. We'll have links in our show notes again this month for an article on StarWars.com and to the tech, so make plans to visit before it leaves February 23rd. We'll also have a link to some press that 501st and Rebel Legion members garnered from the Mercury News in our show notes. Planning began this past March for a new kind of mini-con for Costa Rica. The 501st and Rebel Legions teamed up with other fandom groups like Harry Potter Costa Rica, Costa Rica's Token Society, Terror in Costa Rica, and others to organize Fantasia Fest. Since most geek cons in Costa Rica focus on manga and anime, they wanted a con that focused on their fandoms sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. They decided early on that besides bringing their fandoms together, they wanted to mainly focus on the event and be helping out a charitable cause. So for their first year, they chose to help out Carlos Maria Uloa Elder Home, an institution to help homeless elderly people have a better life. We'll have a link to photos from this event in our show notes. And thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. Well, once again, the Empire City Garrison Trooping Duo of Chris, TK6744, and Ron, SL5928, were seen taking photos with patrons and handing out cards and citations. This time, it was at the October 20th John Thiessen Children's Foundation Freaky 5K Run on Long Island, New York. It was a very early morning event, 7 a.m., but they were proud to be a part of the fundraiser for the not-for-profit organization that aims to fulfill wishes of children battling illnesses and helping needy families with medical expenses. They hope to continue working with John and his organization in the future. We'll have a link to some photos in our show notes, and thanks again to Chris, TK6477, for that report. I think ECG definitely won the... Most mission reports. <laughs> right. I had so many to choose from. We could have almost done a whole show just on ECG. They're the winners for being good mission posters, let me tell you. Right. Bravo, guys. I tried, to get, I tried to get my garrison to do it, and they were like, can't you just get it from our mission reports and copy it? <laughs> I'm like, way to be involved, people. No, do what I tell you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is Steve Sansweet. TK6590, and you're listening to the 501st Cast.
popular Halloween time event across the U.S. are zoo boos or boo at the zoo or similar event name that includes the words zoo and boo. I know that Garrison Excelsior will be at one of their local zoos in Rochester, New York, October 26th. Ohio Garrison was at the Cleveland Zoo last weekend, and this weekend many other units have also been invited to their local zoos to provide more costume characters for the zoo trick-or-treaters to visit with. If you'd like your local zoo to have Star Wars characters at their zoo boo events, drop us a line, event request at 501st.com, and we'll see what we can do to make it happen next year. Sit, zoo boo, sit. Good tip. (laughs) As we and Steve himself mentioned in the last episode, Rancho Obi-Wan will be hosting a special World Record Night fundraising event on November 2nd. Although tickets for the event are now sold out due to the limited space at the museum, you can still make a donation and receive the nifty swag bag. So check out all the details at RanchoObiWan.org slash members slash WRN. Jeff DZ3361, a.k.a. Darth Hare of Mountain Garrison, plus he's also base CEO of Mountain Base, has accepted a challenge. He will chop off his iconic mane of hair for locks of love if they reach $5,000 in donations for Make-A-Wish. This live haircutting will take place during the annual R2KT auction to benefit Make-A-Wish Colorado at Denver Comic-Con next June. Plus... If he raises $50,000 on donations, he will shave his whole head. So we'll have a link in our show notes to a Facebook page where you can show your support. So if he cuts off his hair, he won't be Darth Hair anymore. Exactly. What will we be calling him? Darth well, it, No, his, um, I think the Facebook page says something about Darth Hairless. Ah. Or Darth Nair. Darth <laughs> and what if he reaches $75,000? Dun, dun, dun. I'm scalping him. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I hope they reach $50,000. Yeah, me too. This upcoming weekend, October 26th and 27th, Great Lakes Garrison will be appearing at Detroit Fanfare, joining group forces with Great Lakes Base and R2-D2. You'll also be able to meet fanboys actor Dan Fogler and Jerome Blake from Star Wars Episodes 1 through 3. Be sure to stop by their table and take photos with the various characters, and they'll be accepting donations for the Make-A-Wish Foundation both days of the event. Now, I know we already talked about this uh, upcoming event last episode, but it's going to be so awesome, we're going to mention it again. Garrison Excelsior's biggest event of the year is coming up November 16th or 17th at Rochester, New York's Strong National Museum of Play. We're going to have a link to a new promo video for the event that's playing on the museum's Facebook page and a link to some of the -the behind-the-scenes photos that took place during the video shoot as well. This event is worth the drive, so if you're anywhere within three to four hours of Rochester, New York, I recommend making the plans to attend. It's going to be one of the few opportunities in New York to visit with characters like Darth Vader. Is that my sound effect for it? Chewbacca. Darth Maul. Uh, uh, I'm don't, evil. Don't worry, we'll overdub your voice later. So that'll be fine. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> C-3PO, I, ha- I feel like I'm, I am I have to do all these. C-3PO, oh my, R2-D2, oh. <laughs> and R2-D2 and his astromech buddies all in one place. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I don't know. But, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do we, but it's okay. But seriously, that should be a very cool event. Obviously, I'm very excited about it. No, um, yeah, obviously. And and I am more than three or four hours away because I'm in California, so yeah. I won't be there. 
I but know. if I were nearby, I would be going. <laughs> So, as usual, for more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They published a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. This episode shout-out goes to the August 2013 Legion Trooper of the Month, Jens Hartmann, TK6958 of the German Garrison. Thank you for all of your hard work making Celebration Europe 2 what it was. Also nominated uh, for the month of August, Jamie Baker, BH9782 of the Florida Garrison Everglades Squad, and our own Nikki Bloom, DZ8397 from Garrison Excelsior. Congratulations. Nicely done, troops. Also, a shout-out to these three troopers from Central Garrison, who, we believe, are the first ones to troop all five of the state's Central Garrison covers in a single year. Mike Donovan, TR-13927, Brendan Franz, SL-99099, and Jason Neuroth, TK-1375. There may be two other Central Garrison members who also trooped all five states, just not within a single 12-month period. So, pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I only have one one state to troop in, so I guess I'm never going to get a mention like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's a big one, so... <laughs> no, it's true. That is, that's actually very awesome. And that just goes to show that they're doing a lot of trooping there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to bring back our uh, giveaway portion of the 501st cast. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to be giving away the Fight Like a Jedi sketchbook that was very generously donated to us by Blasty from Great Lakes Garrison. Uh, this sketchbook, like we mentioned earlier in the show, was specially produced with Lucasfilm's approval um, by a bunch of artists who donated their work to put together this sketchbook to benefit uh, young Matthew, the, the little Jedi who had passed away. So this is a very um, special sketchbook, and uh, we're, we're glad to have it as a prize. And as I mentioned earlier at the end of the mission report section, uh, our definite uh, winner of the month has been ECG's Chris, TK6744, for consistently and um, definitely posting lots and lots of mission reports of what his uh, troops are up to. Uh, so we're going to award this to him because we're very appreciative that you are letting the rest of the Legion know what's going on in, in your garrison. And for all the rest of our listeners, if you want to win a prize from the 501st Cast uh, next month, we're going to be giving away a 501st Cast patch if you'd like to win. Make sure you post the most amazing mission report uh, so that we will pick one and you will win the 501st Cast patch. Now, if you're not a 501st member, don't be disappointed that the stipulation is you have to post the most amazing mission report because you can help us out, too, and post your most amazing encounter with a 501st Legion unit. You can email all of your entries to podcast at 501st.com, or you can also post them to our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash the 501st Legion. 
As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of the Legion news while driving, sitting at the office, doing nothing, working out, you know, whatever it is. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as the 501st Legion or go to facebook.com forward slash the 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion. Or go to twitter.com forward slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2013, Lucasfilm Limited, and trademark all rights reserved, used under authorization.